Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you will enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Welcome to the GameDev.TV Podcast. Are you excited to be here, Maria? Oh, definitely. Thanks for having me here. Of course. So, your lighting artist at Splash Damage. She has mm-hmm. incredible art all over ArtStation, Instagram, everywhere. We're kind of new Gears of War 5. So can you tell us, the fans and everyone listening, a little bit about who you are, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So hello again, everyone. And I am Maria. I am from China, and my hometown is in southwest part of China, in Chongqing. So it's a, it's a city built upon in the mountain and also reflected in my latest personal work because I haven't been home for three years due to I'm working abroad. And is that some memory for that? So work-wise, I have been worked at four companies, and I start in Ubisoft Shanghai for Far Cry 4, and then I continued worked on Far Cry Primal and a DLC called Valley of the Yeti for Far Cry 4 as well. And after Ubisoft, I left Shanghai and got the job opportunity to um, Frankfurt, that is in headquarters of Crytek. I've been working there for a clamp and Robinson the Journey. They both on PlayStation VR, and after that, I've been moved to uh, Cloud Imperium Games, worked on one of the largest crowdfunding game project, Star Citizen. And my current job is at Splash Damage. We just wrapped up the Gears 5 together with Collision. And I'm working on uh, unannounced IP at this moment. Yeah. Hey, you've been doing a lot. <laughs> been a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get started with doing game development? Is there like a memory when you're younger where you were like, oh my gosh, I love games and I want to work on games? Uh, yeah, I, I do. But I think what attracts me the most is the cinematics. And I remember when I first saw the 3D animated Final Fantasy VIII, I believe the ending thing when they sing the song Eyes on Me. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. But I did I do not train for any like 3D or animation based because I was certainly I, I started fine art in my uni. But what I was training is actually filmmaking stage design and photography so back then i was like even i love this industry so much it might be quite difficult from what i've been trained to do it's like i know how to use camera i know how to develop film i know how to set up the real life lighting but until i think it was mirrors age one so when mirrors age one was out I, I saw the poster and then i, I literally should play the game so I, in the in the credits, I, I just found there is a job title called lighting artist. Um, by then I'm like, oh wait, I know lighting, but I don't know how to light in video game. Maybe this could be a way. So while I was still working freelance in London for some fashion photography, I also sponsored myself go to like a short CGI studio. So I learned how to use Maya. Back then was Unity and UDK, so it's like pretty typical university style study. And I learned most of my software knowledge there, but after that, um, because I, I initially came to UK for study fine art for a master. So yeah, after that, I did like two years freelance in the UK because you get back then you still have that international student visa, so you could work freely. And after that, I went back to China, that's as a print text in a friend's outsourcing studio. 
about 10 months, 11 months. That's yeah. how I got my first portfolio ready and the break the ice, I get um, recruited by Ubisoft Shanghai. I start a job as a regular title lighting artist. Wow. Wow. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> trying to take all that in. How did you get to the point where you were like really good at lighting? Let's try to unwrap this whole thing. So you just played around with stuff when you were younger or how did um, that go? Oh, that's, that's a tough question, to be honest. I yeah. still feel I'm not good enough because there are so many talented, extremely, extremely talented artists in this industry. Uh, but I do think all of the fundamental stuff I learned in like from fine art or like photography, <coughs> like exposure or knowledge of color compositing where I learned in my initial like fine art training that benefits me a lot. And mm. another interesting thing is when I first started learning rendering related, because back then I, I honestly have no idea whether I'm gonna work in film or games, because usually if you went to school, like tutors will give you different options. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but but when I first saw Maya and I saw there's a camera setting and instantly I just feel, yeah, I know this panel. It's just different. Like the previous panel was behind my camera and now it's on the screen. So there's not much different. So I guess by nature, I feel rendering might be the module I'll be interested in the most. So I guess all of the further digging up starts from there. So yeah, I guess my initial interest still benefits me, especially when working in video games. It's not only about tech, it's also about idea or how to transfer a certain style requested by either the client or the art director into the actual level. So I think the execution plan where I learned in my fine art training benefits this part a lot. It's kind of cool how you can learn stuff and then take that knowledge and apply it to things you didn't even think you needed it for. And then I wanted to ask, so you said you'd feel like you're not that good. Why? Like, because honestly, looking at your stuff, I'm like, you're incredibly talented. Like, this is amazing. So, like, I'm curious, is it like, is that a thing you've always felt? Or are you just constantly looking at, like, the giants and being like, I'm not there yet? Um, I'm curious. To be fair, I'd say that's like part of, uh, maybe it's a culture thing, honestly, because if you're a kid and born in most of the oriental country, let's say China, Japan, or yeah. Korea, I spent to my friends from Asian, other Asian country, seems we all been like warm since we are like really like young. So it's like, okay, never fell in love for your own stuff because once you start to be happy about what we do and there's no further space to get in further. I don't know, I think it's, it's like a mindset. It should be good, but somehow it also like challenges myself all the time about, oh, am I good enough, am I good enough? But certainly I, I enjoy what I do. And uh, at this point, I think I'm quite clear, even before I start making something, regardless it's work or personal work, because I know what I want or what type of effect I exactly looking for. So it's quite easy for this part, but the most time consuming part or like, struggling part is find the right direction uh, or like have a good idea before I even start it. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm curious because I'm looking at your art station. How like, mm -hmm. how do you come up with a, what you're going to create that day? Like for instance, you have like the London scene or an apartment yeah. scene. Like, do you just look at stuff and then like, I'm going to create that or do you just go in and just start making something? 
Not really. I'd say um, certainly as an artist, I have my personal preference because one of the reasons initially in 2006, I came to UK to study like my master in Kingston University. And that was I was aimed to like stage and theatres because Britain is good at that. And I, I was always very like fascinated about Western cultures. It's more about their architecture, literature, like Shakespeare or musical. <laughs> that's kind of sounds a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I honestly fascinated about those like anything Victorian era or Lovecraft. So yeah, I think that was my initial opinion because um, on top of that, I like after tried several Victorian project or art collaborate, I said, okay, I did so many, and how about what I try something else? Like one of the piece, I think. It's the uh, sixth one from the left. It's called Abandoned Factory. That was actually, I watched the TV episode, uh, Picky Blinder. So I was like, oh, I love the style. So how about we can, I can try to like execute this style and apply them to my own work. Because I love watching movie and or reading like fictions. So, because actually think back of inspirations. I, I try my best to, uh, to look other people's games or like the shipping game even I, I do love them a lot but I will try not to look at anything 3D when I'm collecting ideas so yeah just keep trying different things I guess and so you your focus a lot on lighting right so do you take uh, yeah. like assets um and then just add lighting to it to make it tell like a story with the lighting mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty much like what I do for my personal work so uh but that's more like what I do in the like first two or three years because back then I have limited knowledge about environment and material. So what I'm doing now is like I do personal work in most of the times because I want to establish a look and that's including sometimes the set dressing because I was studying stage design at some point. So to me now it's like everything is much easier to do them in 3D so it's including a little bit of asset management a little bit of material work see if I want a ring thing certainly I need to add some gloss value to the material because the thing is perhaps it's not coming with the material or the surface like what I want so there's a lot of customization but the only thing I will avoid to do it myself is modeling just because it's very time consuming with my knowledge so I'd rather just doing the design part and concentrate on lighting because I think for portfolio wise concentrate and specific is, is the best even I've been in the industry for years but I still prefer to do them that way because after all my role is a specialist. That's key because I haven't I think we really talked about it a lot in the last couple of episodes of podcasts. But mm -hmm. it's very important to specialize in that one thing that you were either pretty good at or like really interested in and like can, can produce content that's you know northward noteworthy for like um, clients, game studios, anybody trying to look for someone who does lighting or programming or modeling or anything like that. Specialize in that become good enough where you can get paid for it and then learn everything else you want to learn like blender or or other yeah. stuff because now that you don't feel the pressure of like hey i need to keep i'm trying to learn all these things because like you said before it gets time consuming you got to really focus your time with game development because if you can get lost in doing like a hundred things i don't know if you ever felt this way but like hey you can get lost trying to learn everything and end up not really good at anything and nothing to show for it that's good yeah, i like that you specialize 
Yeah, that's true. Because I do, because um, I think since last year I started teaching, so I do spoke to lots of like fresh talent in this industry or people willing to break the ice. So usually I think we've been told at some point that the general like educational direction will get people or maybe know a little bit of everything which their intention is good because they're expecting if you know more perhaps it's easier to find a job but one thing according to my own experience in this industry for 80 years is always starts with a specialist because overall portfolio is like quality over the quantity so I think if people start getting interested once they're in the industry and eventually they will learn like environment or like any other material like other knowledge because that's that's my own path and it's it's working for me it's working for my colleague so i think that will be a good way to plan this like break the ice into this industry mm -hmm. did you always specialize like you're always just doing lighting 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 or did you try to do like 3d modeling and lighting and it just didn't work out Oh, well, I do, um, like, I try to learn modeling. It's more like, if I really want to, I learn, like, like in one of my personal work, I forced myself to make some cherry blossom and make a tree, <laughs> just because back then I couldn't able to find the proper asset. So it's like, I do have, mm -hmm. like, um, like, general knowledge, like UV mapping or, like, modeling, because even you work as a specialist, mm -hmm. there's a very important step in the game production. It's called debug. So in that case, you've got to know where the problem might come from. Sometimes it's from your department. Sometimes yeah. it's not. So it will, because even I say, it's good to start or break the ice, make your portfolio with a specialist. It's not mean like we could avoid like any general production pass because you got to know how everything gets made. And uh, with that knowledge and owning with that knowledge and visibility, you like people were able to find out where the problem comes from and try to avoid it. I think that makes you like a good member in adapting. You said a good member of the team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm curious. How how many teams have you worked on and like what have you learned from working with them? Oh well, uh, company-wise I worked for, sorry allow me count, <laughs> I've been working oh, like almost there, yeah, five companies but because usually the team was is based on project like in Ubisoft the Shanghai I was lucky because we are always like the same team handling different project together with Montreal so I worked with those colleagues who is much much experienced than myself for three years and learned a lot from them but uh, the, the case like when I work in Crytek because I worked on two different shipping titles so we have like slightly like members swap but what I learned is, it's actually the different studio culture between the China and all of the European countries. Because mm -hmm. in China, it's more like, uh, even Ubisoft is a fully like French running company, but still, it's more like if my supervisor says A, I wouldn't like against them. But I thought it was good. But actually, when I met my first lead Chris at Crytek, he actually tells me like, um, if I got different ideas, I should share because the conversation will only make the production better. So I think that's more difference on the culture side, just like between the East and Western culture or people's mindset. But nowadays, I tend to like just share the opinion, communication because. Certainly, we all got the uh, deadline to after. So usually, 
so sometimes I got people asking me, did you give feedback or like critics to a colleague? Sometimes we do got that, but in most of the case production, it's more like we sit together, discussion before we take any actions, because that's the most efficient way to plan the job. And if mm -hmm. there's a problem, we can concentrate on resolve it rather than like lost the halfway and like, oh, I don't know where to go. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's what usually happens these days. Yeah, communication is really key. It like is. you said before, like they told you, better to bring it up now. That way we can have a conversation about it. That way we can, you know, think about it, talk about it. So when it comes up, or we can avoid it just by talking about it now. Yeah, indeed. Because one thing I do like working with my colleague, both in Germany and the UK, is regardless your role, if we're in like a, like kickstart meetings. Everybody shares their opinion, even say, okay, I probably say, okay, if there's lots of covering as a clumsy player, which I am, I'm probably not <laughs> able to pass the first level. So, yep. Yeah, I share that with my level designers. I'm such a clumsy player too. So I'm really not good at like, the, when I test my own Far Cry game, I need the God mode, honestly. <laughs> you're lucky you get a gun mode yeah but it's funny i it's games can be really hard at first like and especially if you're trying to test things like uh -huh. i would be frustrated if i kept dying on like the first level or second level and i'll be like i'm just trying to see the lighting at the third level like why yeah but, exactly uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah, there are a couple of games I love so much, but I will never able to play it. For example, now you saw my portfolio, you know I'm a big fan of any Victorian Gothic style. So I love those games or Bloodborne, but uh, I don't really want anyone or including myself to see me play those games. I wouldn't make it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like Bloodborne and Souls games are possible. But uh, what about like the Dishonored? Have you played a lot of Dishonored? I haven't, but I I honestly enjoy the art. It's more like cause it's a funny thing nowadays. Uh, I I watch more like no commentary game walkthrough than I play the game myself. And one fact is because I work with lighting, there are lots of like uh, effect. Sometimes it's including very strong and intensive flickering. So in my spare time, I actually try not to look at the screen that much. It's honestly my eyes feel tired. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And also yeah. it gives you an opportunity to focus more on the lighting and where it hits than the actual game. Like, yeah. when you're playing a game, you get, you know, distracted with the quest, with the, what's happening. You don't even look at the details sometimes. Oh, well, I try to enjoy the lighting. I guess I enjoyed it too much in Tomb Raider. That's why I spent about a month in the first two levels. So, yeah. No way! <laughs> two months in the first two? What? That's insane. But no, lighting is really cool. In fact, I didn't really think that much of it. I was just like, oh, you yeah. know, the environment artists will take care of the light. Yeah. But like, you, you just focus solely on lighting. And lighting is so key. If you get lighting wrong, it just looks flat. Yeah. It doesn't seem inviting. Actually, I think you were right because I think until like see the current gen of like until we have these, those real-time lighting effect so that means like even you work in game engine like Unreal you don't have to set up the light and wait for the rendering which we call the bake in Unreal so mm -hmm. uh, nowadays everything is like uh, super alive so I think even my role as a lighting artist is, is a quite new role as well because I don't really, most of my colleagues who worked way longer in this industry told me it used to be like environment artists to 
handle the lighting because it's part of it. But now I think the tech is more advanced and also the the modern game could look way better if you hire some specialist like myself or doing the lighting. Because it's not only about visual, it's also about like relative interactive experience. Games like Splinter Cell or the latest one I'm currently playing, the Plague Tale. So it's lots of stealthy experience or like the game you know, Assassin's Creed. So oh, yeah. you need you need to work together with like the light and shadow to make that stealthy experience happening. So that was one practical case. You will need somebody knows visual well, but also could work together with the game metrics. Yeah, that's a lot of important things to understand mm. when you're like designing, developing the mm. lighting, baking. Yeah. That's cool. I love Unreal too. So yeah, baking, making the lighting. We're not making pies. We're making lighting. I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I'm curious. You said you were playing Plague's Tale. Do you play like a lot of games, or you have to? Because I know some people have like I don't have time to play games. <laughs> oh really? You're not playing much games? Oh, I do, I do. Some, some guests are like, I don't know how time to play. I'm like, oh, not even like for an hour a day. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. That's why I told you Tomb Raider, like the first two level blocked me for two months because I, I do not play them every day. Usually I spend like a weekend or like half day on it. But yeah. sometimes at night I just want to do something else except look at screen. Even even I love what I do a lot. Also, I just feel it's, it's important to disconnect a bit from the screen and to look at the real life, because all of my profession requires a pretty good real life experience. <laughs> exactly. That's that's nothing to do with game development. I think mm -hmm. it can be scary at first. Like I remember years ago when I started out, and they were like, "You need to understand." politics and in the world and economics and geography and how people work and blah 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 and i was like oh i God. don't even know as a shy person i was like uh yeah i'm i don't know about that one i don't know about that one <laughs> but no it's true like to create the worlds that we love we're basically creating our own worlds with games whether it's like a small game like fortnite to a big huge game like witcher 3 you're still making a world you gotta understand how that world works what what is it gonna look like the art style how's the physics um, how are the characters interact? What do they speak? What are they, like, there's so much to it, and the only way to really learn that is to go out into the world. Yeah. And it's better to go into the world than into other games. You can get inspiration from other games, but you don't want to create the same game as them. You want to go make something new. Yeah, so. I do agree with you, which is why I told you in the very beginning, just like when I'm, whenever even I'm doing my personal work, I would say. I look at something like other media, say fictions, movies, musical, manga, cartoon, or like animation. So just avoid look at game. It's not because I don't like it. It's just because I know like as a visual person, if you do like falling up to a certain projector that much, somehow they're going to influence me when I'm making my own stuff. And that's one thing I, I will, I don't really want. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very key. But yeah, so anybody who's starting out, it's okay. Go out there and see the world, experience the world, take these ideas and create something awesome. Yeah, and, uh, literally. Because yeah. when I'm teaching, the first session, because I'm running like six-week workshop, so that work is like, it's a pre-record course. And mm -hmm. what happened is every Saturday, I asking everybody to submit in a forum and I just give suggestions. I don't even call it critics or feedback because I believe whoever enrolled in my workshop, they have their own vision for that part. So usually mm -hmm. I just tell people, bring a cell phone, it's so easy nowadays. Go out, take a couple of pictures, find your favorite weather 
father and uh, show me and I can tell you how to make them in the game engine because that's what I'm good at. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So you just like can take an image. Somebody takes yeah. it anywhere and just be like, okay, let's go make that into the another reel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I literally told, like, see, whoever, like, my students or, like, the people who trusted me could share the craft with them. So it's like, hey, don't tell me you want to make another Metro. You want to make another DSX. Zero awesome. Uh, DSX is one of my favorite game as well. But those artists who make it, they, they acquire the first-hand experience. So it's like, I, I always give people this example, it's like making juice. So if you make something <laughs> from the concentrate, it's not going to taste good. Better get something fresh than that. <laughs> oh my god, that's so true though. I, I like that. So, <laughs> where did you get that from? Where did that start? Did you just um, think about it? You're like making juice, You're like, this is like making lighting in games. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I love cooking in my spare time. So I watch lots of like uh, YouTubers about baking. Yeah, I, I met exact joke you mentioned earlier. Whenever I told my colleague, you know, on Monday at work, people will ask, hey, how's bacon? Yeah, I did some baking. Oh, you're making your personal work. No, I bake a cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. That's wow. <laughs> yeah. That's Oh my gosh. What cake were you making? You made cho chocolate cake, confetti cake? Uh, yeah, because one thing is, I unfortunately, I'm lactose intolerant. So no. I love bakery a lot, so I'd better make it myself. It's more secure. And also, I like I said, I, I see cooking or baking as a disconnected from what I'm doing. So I don't really have to look at my screen all the time. Well, at least my boyfriend is very happy about this hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, nothing can go wrong with food. You, food is just, it brings people together. You make good food, everybody gets happy. Yeah, also I kind of feel food is one way, like making food or enjoy food is one way, like how I handle stress. Because sometimes work-wise, even you're, well, you probably know this better than me. Sometimes the stress comes just out of nowhere. It's not really because your lead gives you feedback because I was lucky most of my leads are very nice and open-minded person and in the end we become very good friends but sometimes it's just because there's so many stuff happening at the same time and by nature I am not like very good at relaxing myself so usually I just find a way to handling it and later I, I realize it's become a hot topic people talk about mental health in game dev. so my suggestion is go to the kitchen if you feel stressed <laughs> I mean, that's actually really key. Yeah, if you're really stressed, go and like look up a recipe and just like spend an hour. Don't care about anything else. So just make something either like for, for dinner or for dessert. Just have fun yeah. and share it with everybody and be like, wow, I made this. Yeah, All right, yeah, let me exactly. go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> but no, mental health is a serious thing in, in the game industry and in every in, everywhere in the world. And Definitely. In fact, I don't like how it used to be like. A taboo where it's like oh my god you're going to therapy i don't like the idea of people saying like oh because you have some issues you're not tough like mental health isn't just about like oh you know you're depressed or this and that it's also just about how your mind works and sometimes yeah. some people's mind just isn't functioning properly or is just not a hundred percent i don't know and it's not that they're not good it's just their mind is playing games with them they're, they're the chemicals aren't working properly there's so many things to it so yeah I think, I don't know how you deal with, besides cooking or like had seen people deal with it, but like, what is something you've dived deep into that was like a dark time and how did you get through it and like, what was your mindset through all that? 
Yeah, well, actually, I'm very glad you're asking me this question because um, I find my second job, I think that was like the most stressful and challenging time I was doing because uh, back then, because nowadays in China, there is a booming game market, but back then that was around 2006, uh, yeah. sorry, 2016, and there are not that many options. And I know as a lighter, I would say, I really want to learn more from people way experienced than myself, which is yeah. what leads me to find a job abroad. But because for sure, as a non-EU US citizen, I need the visa and for sure if I'm doing the test it's an open job it's a really like amazing studio like Crytek I know there's gonna be competitors doing the same lighting test so initially they gave me two weeks and I tried my best it was Chinese New Year so I had my holiday I remember I was carrying my little alien laptop and do start the test in the on the airplane because it's like two hours flying from Shanghai oh, back yeah. to my hometown. So that's where I start. And it was really, really stressful because I was like, at first it's extremely difficult to find any job opening and matches my level back then. And then I've already had the call and I got the lighting test. So all I have to do is show them I have the skill. But because it's too weak and I really want that job, so I, I almost suppressed myself to finish it one week, which I really not. <laughs> recommend <laughs> yeah, yeah oh my goodness that's crazy like it's just life is is stressful <laughs> it's yeah but that's somebody... like one time yeah yeah, just yeah. One experience. i just i it's interesting because like, i've seen a lot of people like we've had one person come on the podcast who basically gave up dropped out of like school mm-hmm. dealt with a lot of things moved to a different state met someone that person inspired them they went back mm-hmm. to school and now work for blizzard and then now work for another studio and yeah. i'm like wow that's that's wild and this is like over years and years so i what advice would you give to people who are like in the period of like the dark time the stormy weathers and mm-hmm. it's like how can they keep hope because hope it can either be a feeling or it can be like just at least like a a place to know that they're getting there because I feel like not everybody can feel hope the same way just because of, like, there are certain circumstances. But, like, I think it can give them, like, hey, at least I know in time I'll get there. Like, how do you – what advice do you give people who are struggling? Yeah, well, um, actually, I'd say I learned one thing from my mentor. So, yeah, he says, like, you never – like, you never fail until you stop trying. Because when, when I was trying to look for a job, for sure, before I get the job in Crytek, I have – so many like thank you but not you letters in my email and for continuously about two years and what I was trying to do like if you really feel in the dark age first think about something you always or like honestly love to do for me is lighting for sure mm-hmm. but one thing for mind is like the worst case is not gonna remain forever so I would say just don't drop it out regardless what happened and I got a small story to share with you Gabby because one of my students I don't remember at which chair of the class he was working at Pizza Hut and he got mm-hmm. multiple like catering job in the daytime so he could afford because he's a he's a family man already and oh, yeah. then wow. yeah and he was doing like my course every weekend but that guy my course is six week he never missed any like coursework because my coursework is actually quite heavy it's like usually every week I'm gonna keep people busy for at least the four days if they really want to show some progress for it and he no, managed sense, everything yeah. yeah he managed everything and I 
I think after he left the class, uh, like about half a year later, he wrote me a very small message on LinkedIn. He says, hey, Maria, thank you for like all of the knowledge. And on his LinkedIn, he become a lighting artist at a, a UK game company. And he's not UK based. So the company is willing to make all of the effort to relocate him just because of his talent and his good portfolio. And after that, he told me, Maria, I got a job. And I, I'm, I'm a dad now, so I was like, wow, that, that's one thing I feel like all of the hard working is paid off. It feels weird. It feels like I'm more happy for him than compared to like any achievement career-wise I got for myself. Maybe because because I, I showed him like how to do the craft and it, it worked out. It changes people's lives. So yeah, if there's one thing I could flex in this is my teaching story. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that flex. That's an amazing <laughs> flex. Honestly, it's that's that story is a lot of things. The reason why I like I do what I do when I hear people say things like, "Oh, you motivate me." I'm like, really? I'm not. I haven't done much yet to do that. But no, like that that explains why you feel better about him being successful than maybe the things you've done because you feel a sense of, I guess, I don't know, like achievement, pride, or or help, like. You just feel like you've, I guess, completed your why. Maybe you, I don't know, something about helping people feel so good. Yeah, it is. Because to me, I, I, I wouldn't really take all of the credit because what makes his success is actually his hard working and same story. That's why when you're asking me, like, if I'd like to share anything for people's life in storms or if you are in the difficult times, I'd say if you really love something and keep it going and if this is the worst, the coming days tomorrow next week they will only be better 100 percent. i also love the fact that you are a teacher and teaching everybody your amazing skills and it actually like it's improving people's lives and people are producing the art you're doing because another thing too with the the course that you said is that it was a lot of work and i feel like a lot of people like to be something but not put in the work like it makes sense that you keep them busy because you need to spend day in and day out consistently to get your skills up and like how did you study for your sessions before you even became like the pro the teacher now did you spend hours and hours did you make sacrifices like what was your studying like um yeah i i'd say i am a like con heavy consumer of tutorials <laughs> so <laughs> i love like reading tutorial but partially thanks for the tool i'm using because unreal has lots of free and open resource and also the community because uh i never really actively reaching out but i'd say like is there a true lighting artist i'd like to name them if i may so it's one is oscar cullen and one is tillman meldo because they both lighting artists who shares their knowledge and share them online because like uh, Tillman he has like his free YouTube channel I almost learned a like very full picture about the Unreal baking light pipeline from there and it's not like an hour or two tutorial he recorded like for months and I think together oh it's up goodness. to like at least eight to 12 hours, I lost the track because he has so many sessions. So what I did is I watch it and I do exactly what he does. It's basically, he doesn't cut the tutorial. So basically it's like he's sitting there that far and you're just watching somebody doing the Unreal stuff. So yeah, that's how I study, like tech-wise. And art-wise, I just keep watching movie. Um, because I guess I'm a big fan of watching movie. I so much love those beautiful production movie. It's no longer necessary for me to look at specific reference because if I say some like 
I use some asset from Unreal Marketplace. When I saw it, I can immediately link with some factor I like, or maybe ah, oh, this building could be fit like a really gloomy lighting, and I can mm-hmm. maybe make a crimson peak style. And another building's like, okay, I'm gonna make it rain. The street gonna look like opening of John Wick. So that's Ooh. how I think nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> you got my attention. So wait, did you make something like that with uh, John Wick? Or well, one well, of my piece. Yeah, in the second hmm. line, and I will never compare my skill with my favorite cinematographer, uh, Mr. Dan Lostson. He's a Danish cinematographer who made the John Wick, Crimson Pig, and Pan's Labyrinth, if you know. So the work, not Manchester, is actually inspired by the uh, latest John Wick series. I used his color palette while I'm making this piece. So it's uh, like uh, it's like jade bluish. It's the second line if you count my art station. So it's the first from the left. First from the front. So what was yeah. the title of it? It's I'm called looking... not, not Manchester. So yeah, I, again, I'm looking at the sunset and hallway one and I'm just like, mm-hmm. did, so did you rearrange anything in the asset pack or did you just throw it in there and mess with the lighting? Oh, I, I do a lot of like uh, things dressing if it's necessary because nowadays most of my work is actually I do, I spend. It's funny, like my latest one, my Chongqing memory, I spent about three weeks to do the dressing and I spent like 10 days for lighting. So that's a balance. But maybe because I am not an environment artist, so certainly it's going to take me longer to do the dressing. But I do lots of pre-arrangement for the thing before I actually make the light. Because together it's a compositing, so if the is if you only do the light, we wouldn't have so much ideal control. So I, I basically touches a bit of everything. Nice. And then how long do you think it takes you to do one of these? You said like a couple months or ten days or? I don't really set up a deadline for myself. Usually it's like if it reaches the point I feel visually I can abandon it, then I will stop making it. No, that's but, actually really interesting that you say that. Yeah. So. Do you ever feel like you have to have things done when you're like doing personal projects? Or do you think that kind of limits you? If you're like, I got it done in like a week and you kind of do a bad job or does it make you better? How do you feel about that? Um, I think, I don't know. I do understand and I respect the artists doing personal projects because they want more attention. But to me, it's more like, because as a lighter, I always have to listen to my art director at work. Even I enjoy it so much. But sometimes like, hey, if I do my own work, I don't have to listen to anyone. So it's a little bit selfish and enjoy. Because <laughs> yeah. when I'm doing my own work, I, because to be fair, I'd say I never make any personal work for likes. Or followers, it's it's really nice. People appreciate your work, but to me, it's like okay, I don't have the opportunity to do a certain style, and I have an idea I want to express it. And thanks to the tech and also the Unreal, I have so much open resource to make it possible. So to me, it's more like I got the ability to play a little bit lighting Lego, and I'm having fun with it. You say lighting Lego. Yeah, it's like a lighting Lego because I, I have control with assets style and I know how to make the thing looks different. Could it be season, could it be interior or exterior, but I can give the same place different mood. I guess that's the beauty of this profession. So what was your education like? Started learning a little when you were on your free time, then you went to high school, then you went to college or? 
Mm, oh, well, because I got my bachelor degree in China. I got mm-hmm. in one of our national uh, fine art institute. It's called Sichuan Fine Art Institute. And my subject is for film and photography. So that's where I start. I've been trained photography and filmmaking for four years. And later is about a year, come to UK and study my master for like, it's actually for space design for either exhibition or stage. So that was what I was trained for. But I actually start my learning in games very late. I trust I start learning okay, around I was 25 or 26. And what, 25? You started learning games? Yeah, I, I graduated from my uh, uni and then I finished my one year master in UK because if you're doing MA, UK is one year only. And I worked freelance as a photographer for two years and that's when I started learning like Maya, Unity and UDK. So I believe I start get like all of my 3D skill slowly up to date since I was 26. So consider I joined the game very, very late. Mm. But you were still pretty good at like or really good at art and like lighting from a realistic perception than game one before that, right? Yeah, yeah, because for photography and the lighting training is about 10 years, I think, because I start painting and training since like high school. So I was doing watercolor sketches, you know, those like art foundations. Wow, 10 years. <laughs> that explains a lot. Flies. <laughs> it does fly though, yeah. Because like yeah. I hear it in the community and even I feel the same way but I think we try to get places quickly so mm-hmm. it's like oh I look at these tutorials in the year I'll be just as good as like the big people but from what you're telling me it's the years and years and years of practice and I think the key thing too is patience so I had a other guest who was talking about programming he's like if you don't mm-hmm. have time to solve the problem and like think about it and go down these like rabbit holes and you have to ask yourself like what what like why where is is it because you really don't have time because of like jobs or stuff or is it because you think you have to finish at a certain deadline because you should yeah. have time to explore the why figure out the problem go deeper into like the solutions you discover and realize like this is how it works so that way you actually understand how to do it like i'm assuming for lighting is the same way where it's like you don't just make something you understand well, how lighting works, how the shading works, how the, the reflections work, like different things where you start to like be able to create something that's powerful. But you don't learn that in one day. You learn that over time, yeah. years and years. Because I think it's more like uh, experience rather than actually like uh, analyze or learning just because lighting is... Because it's strange enough when the lighting is not good in a movie or in a game, even the like every audience could tell because that's part of our common experience, I'd say. So I think for me, it's like just to keep looking because I love taking photos even before I joined my uni in first year, like a photographer, because my dad taught me how to like use the film camera when I was like six or eight-ish. He loves it, he's a hobbyist. So I guess I start from there and even nowadays I still prefer to go out, use my phone to take a picture and tweak them in like IM or Instagram filters, just see different effect mm-hmm. quickly. But still the, the experience comes and you do need the time to build up the experience until like it becomes the way how, how people think. A lot of building up, a lot of patience. Now, what would you tell those people who are like, but I don't have patience or I want to get there mm-hmm. now. 
Well, I don't know because I like I, I forgot where I read it, but it's it's some like cliche stuff, but it's some really good quote for craftsmanship. Because I love tailoring, that's actually my hobby. Because I make like door clothes and uh, other stuff like hand sewing. So one well, thing like, I you like sewing or what'd you yeah, call it? I I sewing. So it's like okay. I collect a door. It's like a ball joint door. So basically, those doors yeah. like animation puppets, their hands and fingers, they are like they're movable and it's 360 degree because it's kind of it's ball joint. And it could look quite creepy for some some people, but I just enjoy like doing a little bit custom design for them, and I enjoy it. And I, when I watch, I think I read some book by some really famous fashion designer. Is it Vivian Westwood? I don't really remember. But like in the quote, they were saying like craftsmanship doesn't come from reading or observing. It comes from reading, observing, and practicing. So I think practicing is the actual time-consuming part. And for people who need a quick result, I think just like regardless you're doing environment, animation, or lighting, the effects, it's a craft. So certainly it takes time to learn and practice. That's, that's my mm -hmm. quote, I think. Mm -hmm. And then for you, when you like go to build or learn, what's more learning? How do you stay focused? How do you mm -hmm. make sure you take the knowledge that you got from the tutorial and actually yeah. process it so you can say, hey, I actually mm -hmm. know this so that I can use it for my next project? Yeah, actually, you, you got the answer already because usually the reason I, there are so many tech out there and I am super against learning without a purpose because first it's quite easy to lose the interest and the result wouldn't be well. So I can give you examples. There's one on my piece. I was really trying to make something water and there's something very reflective. And by then the uh, ray tracing tech was just out. So I watched the demo. I watched the um, epic demonstration presentation. So I said, oh, if I go in through this part, I will be achieve what I want. So I think again, it's the idea driven stuff. So if I, I always know what I want to make, and then I based on that I collect like visual style, and then I dig a bit more about the tech. So yeah, just to make everything works together. I think that's easy. Always learn things I feel unnecessary, or there's some tech I need to obtain before I make my next piece. So that's my learning pattern. I don't really like force myself watching tutorials because that's going to be difficult to anyone. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I, I did like tutorials for a long time being like, all right, even though some of these things I don't care about, let me let me do these tutorials and then let me not learn them. I forget about them. And yeah. not actually, yeah, solidify the knowledge in my head. And then like a year goes by and I'm like, I remember doing this tutorial, but I don't remember anything that happened in this tutorial. Hmm. I feel like a waste of time. Because yeah. another, another thing, too, with this podcast, I like to help the community because a lot of them are new. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in this community are, are beginners. Yeah. So I like to mention that, hey, there's a way to learn. Like I think people get lost in like, okay, I know what to learn, but how do I actually learn properly? How do mm -hmm. I get the knowledge in my head? How do I not waste my time so that I can effectively get to where I want to be? Maybe not like in a year, but at least I know that in time I'll get there. Instead of it taking five years, I'll take I mean, instead of taking 10 years, it'll take five years, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. One very key about, like, how people, like, like, you learn to do some of these things. And it's it's always the purpose. And I think that's the problem. You, some, at least, I, I don't know why this is in my, like, brain. But for a, lo mm -hmm. a long time, I was like, I need to get things fast. 
if I can get things done fast, I can get to places fast and sure. But I lose the the sitting down and just like, why is this work this way? This does. Let me make this really good. Let me focus on like the small details because that's where yeah. you learn. You have the yeah, purpose. Hey, exactly. I'm going to make this project instead of hey, I'm going to finish this just because I have to finish it because yeah, I don't yeah. I Honestly. think an easy suggestion I will give people like I I say the same to my students as well. It's like find something or a, could be a style, could be like. A moment, like likewise, the morning, afternoon, find something you really, really like, and、uh, watch like relative or like think about the experience really, really close. So I think first is find a topic you're passionate with,、yeah. and try to concentrate on small things rather than say, "Hey, I'm gonna make an amazing like lighting show where always movies with lots of like、uh, VFX." No, just make a room, small corner could be like not even fully. The part of the room, just a corner, but make、yeah. them really nice, and that's where I start. I guess it's easy. Just don't set like monster goals because eventually it's gonna lose the job. But find something practical. See if you learning modeling, try to make a really nice asset instead of a thing. And if、mm-hmm. like people like me do lighting. Light a really beautiful afternoon with a table, a cup of coffee, or something instead、yeah. of like a huge castle with dramatic cloud.、Oh, yeah, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're a beginner, it's like going all above and、yeah. beyond. Because that's something simple. Because in my culture, we have a phrase always says like, "Do not try to run before you learn how to walk." I believe there's something similar in other language as well. So yeah, that, that's just my old translation. But I would say like steps, and it takes time, takes steps. But if you keep working, keep doing the things you really like, I guess that's that's the most practical way to achieve it. At least it works for me.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100.、Yeah. We actually have a thing in this podcast called "Don't Make Wow." <laughs> where it's like, don't make World of Warcraft. Don't try to go above and beyond. Just make something small and simple. And it's so、yeah. true. And like,、yeah. even if you do make something pretty big, like at one time I made the Brooklyn Bridge,、mm-hmm. but it wasn't perfect. So yeah, I gotta tell people, I'm like, hey, I set out to make the bridge. It looks、mm-hmm. like it, but it doesn't look like you know a professional would make it. But still,、yeah. I made it, and I learned a lot on the way. And that's it. Like I think there comes a point where you just say, I made what I wanted to make, and let me move on from it. And、yeah. go try something new, and take the stuff that I messed up with the first one, and learn the next one. Exactly, because now when we talk about portfolio, because look back my own portfolio, I looked at one of my earliest piece. Because back then, I remember I was talk about my po- personal project with my boyfriend. He's a really good、yeah. concept designer, and. One thing he always give very good suggestion. Actually, I'm very thankful to his suggestion at this point. He told me like in the beginning, just get three image, different angle, but、yeah. really high quality. So、mm. my my first couple of portfolios, they only steal image, but look back, I don't regret it. I don't want to take it all from my station. Though I think that's good. And later, I learned like how to use camera in sequencer because. Camera by nature, I know how to use the real one. So learning it is really sweet, and it's magical. It's much much easier to move a camera in Unreal Engine than in real life. You don't have to worry、really、about、is. the shaking. <laughs> you don't worry about the lighting change. Yeah, and same with the light. You don't have to worry about the overpower, which people suffering every day in the theater or studios. So yeah, that's where I start. So later, my portfolio become like some short. 
image and the motion pictures. And even later, I started adding music into it. I learned DaVinci Resolve, and I started doing like a little bit of cutting, a little bit of music, and now okay, I'm rendering fancy. different. Yeah, it's like slowly add on, slowly add on. So exactly, usually, yeah. yeah, that's how it worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. I love your uh, Sakura uh, collection in your art station. The, is that a, uh, it's like an epic Zen garden. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's the one I told you earlier. I made the flower and tree myself. <laughs> you did? The, what? Wow. Yeah, the flower. Yeah, they, they cherry blossom because I can't find it. Uh, the tree I was love there. Tree blossoms. They're my favorite tree. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's well, it takes me quite long, and I asked lots of. I bothered every friend working as an environment artist because I know how to UV basics in Maya, but mm-hmm. material and everything I learned a lot from my friends. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. But it, I'm impressed. It looks like <laughs> it looks insane. Yeah, you know, it's like something happened. You have to do it. It's like yeah. I, I have my drive license, but I never actually have the road experience. So nowadays, I'm thinking if there's zombie attack, maybe I can drive because that's like an extreme condition, and that's exactly what happened with this cherry blossom. <laughs> I hope so. I hope <laughs> when when it comes time to it, you're able to drive those cars to the zombies yeah. and say, "Hey, don't." <laughs> yeah. How oh, about wow. do me a favor? Let's wish there's never be a zombie attack. <laughs> Let's, yes, let's let's hope nothing like that ever happens. Yeah, nothing like that will happen. <laughs> Only we'll make it in the game. We'll we'll animate you into a game. We'll create a yeah. 3D model, put you there, and yeah. then have you fight the zombies. Yeah. Yeah, and for the, those like explosion, tornado, like anything crazy, better keep them in movie or video games. We we much much enjoy watch it than experience it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things where I'm like, that's cool, but like in real life, eh. I don't know about that one. Really? I mean, yeah. Yeah, because like, eh. yeah. you mentioned you're from Florida. I was like very curious how the tornado there or the hurricane. The hurricanes are interesting. So like, I don't live in Miami. So Miami's where they really get hit. Yeah. But um, when I grew up there, you always heard about hurricanes. Oh my god. But I never really got hit by one. One time a tree came down. I was like, oh wow. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a thing now yeah. in Florida where people are like, yeah, it's just a hurricane. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Oh my god! Yeah. literally like the, the the one state in America was just like they just do whatever they want, and I love it because like I don't know, when I'm there, I'm like, yay, fun. But like here in California, it's like the opposite. It's like we do like they follow the rules, just really strict, and it's like cool. Like I get it, yeah. but like complete different place, just thousands of miles away. Also yeah. close to the uh, where I, at least I live in California is a place called Yosemite. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You got national parks, trees, everything's just beautiful here. I yeah, love being in nature. It helps yeah. with the whole making games and then like taking time off to go to nature and then come back and be like, let me make the same thing. I see, I see. Yeah, that's beautiful. nice. Yeah. Because yeah. it's an interesting phenomenon. I find out in like that the artist is different. Because I once, uh, I really admire one of the artists. I don't remember his name, unfortunately. He's a concept artist, but he lives at Spain for now, for like really long time. And all of his work is very bright color. It's very like, um, like very intense, bright, a uh, high contrast. So it feels very, very positive. And yeah. I got another concept artist. I think he is based in like, um, 
I know one is based in UK for sure. We all know the famous British weather, always rainy. And yeah, yeah. the other one is in somewhere East Europe. So like he's really good at addressing those like super Gothic or Lovecraft style, always very heavy, like foggy. So I think the environment at different location does influence people a lot. Because I hate raining, honestly. But yeah, raining is the worst. Like after yeah. a long time, it's cool here and there, but yeah, every in day. Manchester is like usually there's at least six months the the floor will never dry up just because it's raining occasionally and nowadays i feel like mm, i know how to like make the reflection really cool just because i guess i'm slowly brainwashed by the british weather <laughs> <laughs> that makes it yeah i guess you you learn from where you you live it's the influence yeah, yeah. i think it's the influence it's, like uh, occasionally like even passively but really strong it's you got to be aware of that too like i think people are understanding like where you are really affects how you see things it is it is yeah. I, I do believe so <laughs> <laughs> so it's like understanding all these things to help you design things better it's like okay well i want to make more positive stuff maybe i should yeah. go somewhere where it's more sunny and then create it or get my inspiration from it yeah, and you'll see how different it makes things because one of my favorite fine art style is based on impressionism mm-hmm. and i when i first visit south france i was like oh my god those colors that's so bright and blend because it's extremely bright and when i first saw those lavender farms, i was like oh, wow the purple really could be like 100 percent purple <laughs> so it's it's like first time experience that's where i developed my personal like sophisticated method where you are really based on like your style <laughs> i mean it's it's really good like another one autumn leaves the classical stylish mm-hmm. order 1886 that photo in our station all those different collections yeah. so good it just tells a story each lighting tells a story and you can you can imagine things too you can be like why is this so messy who's in here who are those people on the uh, wall yeah. what's going on yeah, exactly. Because when I, I remember the first year, even nowadays, if I see like a really green like a field outside of the train, because in UK the main transportation their trains. Yeah. So um, when I saw those things, really greens and the trees, I still be excited because my hometown Chongqing is a literally cyberpunk city, or city built up on the mountain. What and do you mean cyberpunk city? Like it's like it's vertical. So if oh. you're gonna try to address the directions in my city, we're not seeing northwest or southeast we see up down left and right because the entire city is built up on mountain so you could be see your car park is in minus 11 floor and when at the the seventh floor is another district because it's not it's in a building but halfway out could be another main street just as imagine like the road just going circle up alongside the mountain that's how the city built that's insane i didn't, uh, I didn't... yeah know yeah. that wow. if you check the instagram chongqing and the city spell like c h o n g and the q i n g and you, you will find the city so it's it's just crazy because the underground or overground see stop a and b is underground and c will be flat right and nest like a train and the next stop could be somewhere inside the building wow i'm, yeah. I'm just like <laughs> blown away I, I just didn't know that i didn't wow okay cyberpunk i need to go there i love cyberpunk that's I'm yeah that just type of... yeah don't go there in summer because our summer is like uh 42 degrees ish is it celsius or fahrenheit 
Yeah, yeah, I got it. But yeah, I'll just drop you the CT link in our yes. chat so you can check it later. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so let's see where that's crazy though. That's up, down, left, right. That's that, that makes for cool story building too. Like for instance, if I live there, I probably want to make stories where it's just like a bunch of cities on the mountains and like you're going up and down. And that's yeah. how my stories would probably be made. Because right now, my yeah. like based on what I experienced, like American cities. Yeah. Exactly. That's why when I come to Europe, I saw those like a lot of ring castles and all of the things look like a fantasy movie to me. So I am super excited. Yeah, because so that's like my friends I met here, like they talk about like modern city, they talk about skyscrapers. Uh, like they were excited to like my city photos, but to me it's like totally opposite. <laughs> because we don't see, we either of us not see the other side that often. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I'm curious, do you know how the like, artists have like a, um, I think I'm going to butcher this, but it's kind of like a mental of mm -hmm. a bank in their head of like the images they've seen in their, in their life. Like they've drawn mm -hmm. like purses and they've drawn like houses and clothes and pencils and stuff like that. And so that way they can quickly incorporate that into their art. Mm -hmm. As in like, I don't need to worry about pencils because I've drawn pencils. I know what they look like. Do you have a kind yeah. of thing with lighting where like you've seen things already? So you know exactly what to do when you're, you're making your like, masterpieces i don't i don't have that in like my first couple of years but now yes i see cool. but i i use that type of ability more at work because personal work to me is like self-development or self-training so i will always pick up something i never done before or i always want to do but not have the opportunity but for work definitely so if my art director come to me hey i need a glooming weather or something so i will ask him hey cool so you want day or night night and where it might locate it and after a couple of questions it's like doing a survey actually so after a couple of questions i will have a roughly opinion where he might because he or she might refer some movie or some like comic books or some specific artist or illustrator's work so yeah. i will know the style so based on that usually i will ask my art director to give me two to three key reference and i'm gonna expanding it into a mood board so i will collect either painting or photography but with the same style and do a compare and a comparison so present this to my lead or my directors say hey is this what you want then we talk about the next level is like okay do you want it looks very abstract so it's like we get cloudy or like it's ambiguity or you want just want something super super practical like photorealistic so i think that's the easiest way to communicate but yes yeah, sense of like general lighting setup nowadays i can easily address it but i use that a lot at work because it's efficiency but when i do in my personal work i will try to give myself a, like pretend that I, I know nothing about it and i just want to make certain effect how may i do it because i think mm. that's the way i'm learning things new because otherwise i'm just repeat what i do at work Makes sense, yeah. I mean, if you if it works, why not use it for something else? Yeah, unless yeah. you're trying to you know expand and move, improve. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sometimes we'll be lucky. See, if you're in a project and it's in a very early development, perhaps a, a nice game dev team will be very open mind. Like slash we like if we are in an early development, we will have lots of proposal, lots of discussion. Sometimes the meeting could be a bit jerky, but I think it's worth it because that's when people show in their opinion, communicate. That's where the the brainstorm happens. Yeah, you got there's a lot. You need a lot of time to just think about things and 
process them and plan them out and design them, which again comes with patience. Always have patience. Yeah, it is. But also, it's gonna become like a really, really challenging when there's like a couple professional in one meeting room, and we were trying to keep the discussion at the point because we got some funny move like meeting experience as well. It's like mm-hmm. the topic is a little bit derailed, and somebody tried to drag them back, and then we're totally doing something different. <laughs> oh no! And you're like, okay, oh, we gotta stay focused. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, another thing I want to know is, like, how is it, like, working at uh, the studio compared to like, working on your own personal project? Is it kind of the same thing? Is there some stuff you should, like, for people who are just starting out, like, heads up to, like, what they should expect at the studio? I think the the biggest difference is how much control you have on the visual style, especially if you're a visual production artist. That's including lighting, VFX, uh, environment because for environment it's quite obvious if the people asking for making uh, architecture certainly it's not a forest so I wouldn't worry much but for the more abstract discipline lighting or VFX as example I would say if you're in a studio always communicate before start making anything so always double check read the proposal usually we will have lots of meeting notes ask your colleague your leads and also talk to your director if you're working similar role like me because like take my job as an example i am basically here to execute or transfer whatever the concept artist or the art director request we establish a visual style or a look for the game. So unless I know what exactly they want, it's going to be very difficult for me. And later I'm going to create trouble for myself because certainly if people ask me to do a, like say a gloomy lighting, it could be night, could be day. So I feel it's my responsibility to provide the option and give the best suggestions to whoever the decision making is. That's what I do every day. But it's up to their core to make the project wise because they are the leads for the project control. Otherwise, in personal project, I would say even for the feedback, only looking for feedback once I finished, because I understand if people in the very new or beginning, they need some tech feedback. I would say always ask for tech feedback halfway when making your work, but try the best to like establish a vision for yourself. It's never like, oh, I'm making a classroom, shall I make it sunny or gloomy? I think people should make the call themselves in the beginning and ask others, ask more experienced professions, hey, how may I look this sunny afternoon happy? or gloomy, or how may I push it further? Is there anything missing on my set? But never ask people, oh, how may I look this place looking good? Because as an artist, I believe the most practice and the most important practice progress is have an opinion. Because without opinion, you can learn certain tech, you could become a profession in years, but it wouldn't drive like anything that's new artistic wise. But that's just for me because I'm, I believe I'm more on style rather than the tech side. So it's it's different call. I think being more on style is actually key to I think why a lot of your art is very unique and stands out, at least to me. Thank you. Yeah, because it's just, it's, it's for me, I, I'm, really into like creating stories in my I, I did it all the time when I was younger I just like see things and create something so like when nice. I look at your um your image it just screams to me like something is happening and then like I get very in my head I'm like oh okay this could be going on here like the door's a little bit open because somebody snuck in or it's just stuff like that where it's just like 
I get that more from this and then the, there's other images well seen. I'm like, it looks cool, but like I'm getting more of a wow factor than a something's happening. I don't know. Yours come off as like it's been misplaced. It's it's messy. It's realistic. It's almost as if it was a picture taken in real life. So I love it. Thank and I don't you, even know if that's to do with style or technical stuff, but like your styles. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I honestly I never think about okay, I'm gonna make this like epic or this gonna looks really really like um I don't know I don't even know how to describe it like a very shocking color or like the very attractive. If people yeah. check my image on our station, it sometimes it's more like oh I got this street and it's really nice set and what would I what would this place could be? So it could be like Manchester, it could be somewhere in my childhood and I want that afternoon exactly when see my, my grandpa passed away or like I, I remember that morning when I first really saw the fog in London and it's no longer like the dust where I saw in the construction places it's in a, like a beautiful medieval architecture around it so it always links some life moment or maybe like okay I want this corner just to look at in the movie of Down by Wang Kaowei or like any art director I like a lot. So I guess when we talk about style, I for personal work, I always pick up something I really, really like. And that's what keeps myself motivated. There you go. Yeah, I always got something yeah. to go shoot for. Or mm-hmm. keep Yulis going, yeah. proving, building stuff. Because why not, right? As kids, we always wanted to just build stuff, play around yeah. with stuff. Because I will, I would say at work I'm way more logic thinking, but doing my personal work is more about doing what I like. Because I, I don't doing my personal work to impress people. It's more like I, I have this opportunity, I have an idea, I want to make it out so people could yeah. see it, and I enjoy share that vision to people because this is not about work. But also knowledge, like technology, is very important because game dev is not only about make anything beauty. It's all about there's certain setup to serve the project. It's an interactive experience. It's not a movie. So do like catch up with the technology. Because to me, I believe I need to follow up certain tech every two to three months, because that's the pace I'm keeping. So I don't really have to push myself too much, but always check the latest tech because that's how this industry keep rolling. Exactly. Yeah. Keep on rolling, keep on learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've reached near the end of our podcast. You know what time it is? That's flies. <laughs> it's challenge time. <laughs> okay, I'm nervous now. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, so how so do work? You just um, come up with a little short challenge for the game mm-hmm. dev, TV students, and anybody mm-hmm. else listening. Could be anything. Yeah, I'd say I'll challenge your guys to take a picture of anything you using daily could be your mark could be your mouse but reveal sort of like a character like it could be like old or new but just to give them some characteristic could be anything it's open it's not about lighting you could like put a dressing or something i don't know it's gonna sound weird <laughs> but yeah you can just a little doll thing into the challenge yeah. Like yeah, it. it's a challenge. Or like just to make your mouse and the keyboard together, like two bodies talking, or get a sticker on your screen. Anything makes this thing looks alive. So I think that's that's my challenge topic. 
I think it's a perfect challenge. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait to see what people do. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun, a lot to learn. I feel like we we still even dive deep into a lot about like different things, but and to, <laughs> thank you, you so much for having me. Yeah, oh, no, it's, it's really really like nice to have this conversation. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, this is. I'm so glad you came on, and I learned so much too. So, uh, thing I do at the end of these podcasts is I'll uh, hand the mm-hmm. mic to you to end it off. If you want to do any last minute shout outs, last minute yeah. inspiration quotes, just any last minute words, whatever you feel like. And then, uh, yeah. So, thanks for coming on, and uh, mic's all yours, Maria. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I would say a shout out thing is there is a very good. A reference website if you're into lighting or movie is called Short Deck, and that one is like a film and it's created by the cinematographer of Joker. So he got lots of research. Consider this is like an IMDT data for like film screenshot because getting film screenshot is extremely difficult and time consuming these days. And uh, check my out station if you like to see my work. And you could find me on Instagram as well as Maria underscore and the light. And that's me. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at GameDev.tv or in the show notes at a discounted price. Get started with the game development journey today.